Good afternoon, Professor Peter Lynham. Good afternoon. How are you going? Good, good. Now, we've got an interesting one this afternoon. Um, we're, <laughs> we're headed to Sweden. Yes, that's right. When tolerance may go too far. Yes. Now, what's, what's happening over there, Peter? Well, there's been a couple of very recent incidents, although it's not the first time, that first year Quran and then a scroll of the Torah, the Jewish scriptures, um, have been burned in front of, in, in a public place, notified to the police they were about to do it, and the police couldn't oppose it because Sweden tolerates all religious views and values. Mm-hmm. So the, and these are religious scriptures being burnt outside different embassies. It's being burned outside in the Israeli embassy and... In the, protest um, to the, the the actions of the Israeli state? Yes. Um, of course, and the second one was also a provocation because they were responding to the burning of the Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so it was, uh, it was a Muslim who was involved in that kind of insult, I think, although they're awfully careful not to state the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good deal of tit-for-tat. Apparently, there are maybe a dozen further applications to burn yes. sacred scriptures somewhere or other that, um, that's or the, going on through Sweden. That's the interesting part about it. These people are applying to mm. the whoever it is, the body, the government, the police, uh, to burn scriptures outside these embassies um, in protest, and the police are giving them permission. Um, that's right. Because... Uh, it's they, they base it on whether it'll cause a, a a disruption or risk to public safety. But it's obviously sounding somewhat orderly if they're letting them go ahead, and they're also applying to do these things. Yes, so they're obviously not trying to be a breach of the peace. Mm. And as far as Swedish law is concerned, there's no law of blasphemy. There hasn't been for 25 years or so. Yes. Um, and there, there are laws about inciting ethnic violence and gender violence, mm. but there is no law, like New Zealand, of course, which puts religion on the list. Of, you can't be involved in hate speech against religion. The crime does not exist. But Peter, just quickly, where, where on the scale of, uh, I guess, intense things to do, does burning our religious scripture sit as far as that? Like right up there, if you're going to do that outside an office, is that is it pretty? Well, um, incidentally, by way of context, yes. I mean it's it, it has an immediate impact because you get either Israel coming out and fierce protest against the Quran, hmm. or you get Saudi and the Arab states protesting vehemently against the burning of um, the Quran, and so it, it, it boiled over into the occasion of Sweden to join NATO mm. because Turkey has been protesting about this and the Americans have been leaning on it. And this gave them another reason to say no to Sweden. Mm. But to return to your, your question, yes, especially, well, for the Quran, the Quran 
in Arabic is a sacred object that has to be handled with extreme care. Mm. Um, and um, it is really unthinkable to commit any act against it. The Torah, now this is even more intriguing, if a, if a scroll of the Torah is is rubbed out or in some way needs to be replaced, I suppose scriptures wear out after a while, it has to be buried in a burial ground with a ceremony. It's that sacred. Mm, mm. So in both cases, the sacred book carries enormous, enormous value, rather more, I think, probably than the typical Christian might react to the burning of, of, of a Bible. Yes. Although, I mean, that might be a bit offensive, but um, it may be very offensive to some. Mm-hmm. But the Torah and the Quran are a bit different. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, because I think I watched a TikTok the other day of um, someone saying, oh, this Torah has like a misspelt character, and so it needs to be taken out and we need to get a new one in. But I, I guess I was also going to ask, what's been the backlash so far? And, I mean, do we see ourselves in a, in a global society where each religion is just going to burn the other's kind of sacred texts out of spite? By the look of it, the burning was by people who were on and the extreme end of you know whatever religious position they might have held. Mm. Uh, it, it's not a characteristic act. After all, Jews and Arabs um, have lived once upon a time relatively successfully, not so well recently, mm. but they've lived in each other's territories for a very long time. And generally, they've known what not to do in order to survive alongside each other. So it certainly isn't a command of any of the um, religions that you should insult other religions. Mm. Um, but there are people who seem to think this is their calling. Yes, mm. yeah, I mean, at, those, the, at the start of this, you said that this was an, a, perhaps an example of free speech gone too far. Could you elaborate yes, on yes. that? Yeah, so um, the notion of freedom of speech Speech really allows you to do to make any speech that is um, that that you feel you need to say, um, and if you take freedom of speech as an absolute, then in fact any insulting speech uh, is as long as it does isn't calculated to create um, a disorder. And you'd have to prove intention in that case, which gets mm. tricky. Then, in fact, it's permitted. But this is where the whole issue of hate speech has come in, and as you know, it's been the hot issue in, in New Zealand recently, mm. because um, there are some restrictions in many societies against blasphemy, in other words, insulting the state religion. Mm-hmm. So, if, if a person burnt a Quran in Saudi Arabia, their fate would not be a happy one. Uh, So it's natural enough that states that have a state religion will protect that religion. Mm -hmm. And um, states like most Western states that have stepped away from entrenching one religion as the religion of the state, Mm. one of the things that they kind of need to do is remove any... um, thing that protects that religion um, gives us an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. 
And so gradually, laws against blasphemy have been removed. New Zealand is an interesting case because New Zealand had a law against blasphemy, but there's never been a successful prosecution under it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it there was the one interesting case way back when the Māori Land Worker, the, the Labour newspaper in 1911, I think it was, mm. insulted um, Christianity, um, but was not convicted of, the, of these crimes. So here's an interesting thing. that is it a right of people? See, we now have laws that protect uh, inciting violence against another ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So should we have laws protecting religion? Now, the difficulty is that the moment you start doing that, um, one of the aspects of religion that gets very delicate is that people of one religion do have comments to make about other religions, mm. you know, because they believe their religion is the best, generally. Mm-hmm. Well, they may not do, but, but they, they tend to want, to want to defend it. So when does that become hate speech? Mm. And it's religion, I mean, the general approach of the law is let's not get into religion matters. You know, we're on a hiding to hell in an almost literal sense if you do that because the court cannot start deciding what religion is right, what religion is wrong, mm. nor to define what is religious what is correct religious speech, um, you can see how messy, how really messy this could get. Yes. And so that's why generally religion uh, had not been very strongly protected under law. Mm -hmm. But in a much more global world, uh, it's a strange thing that it's the Western countries which seem to want to uh, rile up the issue. And I suppose that's because they can. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't dare do it, probably, in, in some other countries. Yes. Um, though I'm quite sure that there'll probably be riots uh, in various countries responding to these things where other religious books are burned. But we, we on the whole, will take little notice of that. Mm. But... Should we curtail our own freedoms to hold whatever religious views we want to in order to protect this kind of unseemly behavior? And I don't know how to, I don't know how to call that one. I way. was going to ask I was, I was going to ask you Peter how, I mean what what's the best <laughs> uh, I guess course of action in this instance? I, I mean Sweden is a very liberal society, very mm. quite like New Zealand. It's gone further than New Zealand. Mm. But do you recall the Danish um, pictures of, of Muhammad that caused enormous problems? Yes. Um, back yeah. in 2000, and, uh, when you were very young, uh, 2006, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, doing cartoons of Muhammad caused an enormous furore. Uh, in in um, especially Islamic states, and um, well, there's a whole lot of issues in which the general Islamic attitude it doesn't care less about whether there's a law against blasphemy. Blasphemy against the Prophet has to be treated 
very seriously mm. by yes. Muslim believers. Yeah. And they're not going to be very tolerant. So, I mean, for these very reasons, we can't just put some special protection around Islam. Mm -hmm. I think we ought to be able to find a way to protect religions from insulting speech. But New Zealand tried. There was this draft law drawn up against hate speech, which was then withdrawn. Mm -hmm. um, because the trouble was you could have hate speech on one side and it would actually cut out genuine religious freedoms on the other side. Yes. Um, awfully messy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anybody has quite got that, that boundary right. Managed to um, nail it down. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, Peter. Hey, Peter, um, thank you very much for this week's edition of That's the Spirit. We'll look forward to speaking with you next Monday. And I do. Very good. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.